0: Hello and welcome back to Chicks and Bulls, the podcast, a sports podcast by women about more than women's sport. On today's show, the AFL Grand Final is finally here and it's making history in more ways than one. We share our thoughts on the Brownlow and give some predictions for the Dallie M's before presenting our own set of awards for our favourite moments on and off the field across both footy codes in 2021. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Molly Silva and as always, I am joined by my, well, one of us is a suited up Um fellow co-host in Keeley Silver
1: right next to me. And one of us didn't get the memo.
0: Sorry, Georgia Moore, <laughs> all the way down in Melbourne. We will tell you exactly why we are dressed up with ties and blazers and all
2: very, very shortly. But can, can I apologize? just say, I didn't even get a say in this, G, so don't worry. I, I got home and Molly said, oh, I have this for you to wear. So. Yeah, Because there's a very exciting
0: segment, a brand new thing that we're doing. Later on, brand in the show. new information, and I will also paint a picture for you because this is not a visual medium. We actually have a Dallium statue in front of us as inspiration for today's episode.
2: Yep, oh,
1: a yeah. trophy, a real one, re- a trophy, not a statue. Yeah,
2: well, it looks like a statue. It's cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize that that the Dalliums don't look like that anymore. Yeah, so this yeah. is from the nineties. I thought it was like a Keely Touch trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, overall, my touch her. <laughs> Sorry,
2: Rod. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Anyway, girls, how were your weeks? Um, Marley, so I actually want to kick off with you. How was your week? <laughs> my week? Oh, I'm so am, taken aback. I am. I am flummoxed. Um, what
1: does that mean? Anyway, um, <laughs> my week was. Kelly, um, do you think sometimes she does that to make us feel silly? Yes. I'm never asking you first ever again. My week
0: was really good because it was my birthday and then we had a boozy picnic
1: on Friday, which was really fun. And thank you, Gladie B, for that. Nice. J-Moore, how was your week? I'm actually struggling to remember what I've done in the past seven days. Not a lot. For something new. (laughs) Um, You got some iron today, didn't you? I was going to say, today I got an iron infusion. Woo! Woo! We (laughs) love iron. We can look forward to not being quite so sleepy in about four weeks' time.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Keyly over. Uh yeah, look, I everything muddles into one.
2: Yeah. Yeah, look, look. Picnics. Picnics, so good. Um I wasn't really that hungover, a bit disappointed in myself. I wanted to really feel the wrath we, of we the We really rule. didn't go hard enough.
1: I uh, think. Yeah. yeah. My my <laughs> inbox would probably beg to differ. Oh
2: yeah. <laughs> Take it up with Ethan. <laughs> Um, yeah, but overall, my week was good. Finals 40 is very exciting. Um, we love it. Looking forward to this weekend. And now I guess we should just get into our first
0: segment. Feedback feels with kills. I really like you doing this in advisor. <laughs> I think that this should be uniform. Can I just say? Oh, Marley, we're back? not getting a uniform.
2: But oh, it looks real smick. <laughs> with our poorly tied ties. I've only got one bit of um, feedback this week, but it's a good one. And it's something that we can uh, keep progressing with. I've actually done some research and stuff, which I will talk about later in the episode. So we've got a message from Kate Purdy, um, and she has responded to our NFL chat from last week, if you didn't tune in. Um, and her, she gave us her team recommendation, which is the Chicago Bears, and um, She said that they were one of the founding teams in the NFL, which is pretty interesting, Mm. and they're um, fair underdogs, which we always love an underdog, which is what we talk about. Keep up with the feedback. Now it's time for a segment that we call Around the
0: Grounds, where we dive into the biggest headlines in sports media from the week gone by. And to kick us off, we have to talk about a history-making moment that will be coming up this Saturday. That'll be the 25th of September and, of course, the 2021 AFL Grand Final. It's going to be played at Optus Stadium in Perth. And the fact that the big game is being played in Western Australia for the first time isn't the only history-making element of this event. When the Western Bulldogs face the Melbourne Demons, and hopefully the Western Bulldogs win, it will also be the first time two clubs with two female club presidents will face off for the flag. The Melbourne Demons appointed Longtime board member Kate Ruffy to the role in April, while Kylie Watson-Wheeler was unanimously voted to the top job at the Western Bulldogs at the end of the 2020 season. So this weekend, one of them will become only the second female club president ever to win a flag after Richmond's Peggy O'Neill became the first. And if you have watched Amazon's Making Their Mark series, which I think we've recommended on this podcast a couple of times, you'd be very familiar with her and her story. On this podcast, we constantly talk about the need for more women in leadership roles across all sports, and it truly seems like the AFL, as always, is at the forefront of this. So we wanted to talk about how these amazing women ended up with their positions and what we think its positive impacts are for both the sport of AFL and other sporting institutions in Australia.
1: In 2020, the Demons had a tough review in the face of finishing a disappointing ninth. The head coach, Simon Goodwin, was under immense scrutiny and the direction of the club was under the microscope. Through that process, Kate Roffey emerged as a strong and impactful leader in her position on the board. And through the backing of Coach Goodwin, a fault made by the former president strained their relationship with the coach and strategic decisions to do some reshuffling with the other coaching staff, she was rewarded with the presidency, the first ever woman to take the role at the club and Now they're looking to break a 57-year flag drought in this grand final. Kate grew up in northern New South Wales and was more into league and union growing up, but her love for sport has driven her career and eventually led to where she is today. She was the ex-Chief Executive of the Committee for Melbourne and former CEO of VicSport. She's also the Director of Deals, Investment and Major Projects at Wyndham City Council. And in that role, she's been key to the formation of an expansion A-League club, Western United, and their commitment to build a stadium on council land. She also cemented herself as a staunch voice for equality, quoted as saying on her appointment, I am a huge advocate, not just for gender equality issues, but for all equality issues and inclusion of all people. These are massive platforms. I said to Gillian McLaughlin that I will be using this platform to promote these equity issues every single chance I get, because it is so important to do more. We have to be better. It is as much about being a female president as it is about being a president of the mighty Melbourne Ds.
2: While her counterpart at the D's was a late comer to the game of Australian rules, Kylie Watson-Wheeler at the Western Bulldogs has a very different origin story. As she said, I was born bleeding red, white and blue. The Western Bulldogs were such a huge part of my family and my life growing up. I've always gone to the footy with my dad and my sister. Kylie is the senior vice president and managing director for the Walt Disney Company in Australia and New Zealand and the head of ESPN National Geographic APAC. So the woman really does it all. And she's noted as having become an integral part of the team's identity on and off the field since she joined the board in 2014 after spending a number of years giving the club pro bono marketing advice something that we as dog fans have noticed is that for a club that prides itself on being the underdog most of the time it has become a beacon of strength in the quest for gender equality behind the scenes 50 percent of the dog's board is women and they're only the second club after richmond to achieve parity The most amazing trend to come out of the fact that
0: these two women are just the second and third female club presidents in the AFL is what Peggy O'Neill has said. And she's become somewhat of the social president for the women of the AFL on the boards and um, in some other leadership positions in the game. And she organises dinners and catch-ups when lockdowns and board restrictions aren't around. And she's been quoted as saying, we are supportive of one another, we are all different and our clubs need different things, but it's a really open door to call and chat about what's going on. I think that that is almost this ingredient to success when it comes to um, having women in these leadership positions and being supported by other women. So, you know, that was a lot of talking from all of us. But knowing this history now, what's being made, what's being achieved by these women, how do you feel about it? And what do you love about it?
1: I think the thing that stood out to me the most when I was reading that is like, that's something that women just do better. Like, I don't and look I could be wrong and I know that men air grievances over golf and whatnot but I just think that the world would probably be a better place if men in leadership were willing to pick up the phone and gather for dinner Absolutely. and talk about what they needed as individuals as clubs emotionally professionally on the sporting field whatever um So, I just saw that and I was like, of course she does. And of course, that's why they're doing such a good job at this. And of course, that's why women in this space in the AFL are feeling so empowered and uplifted to be those voices. I um, have had the privilege of doing quite a bit of work with Kate Roffey through my both current and previous job. And she's just such a go getter. Like, I don't, that job title probably doesn't mean a lot to a lot of listeners, but Kate is one of the most well-known names in property in Melbourne, which as we were talking about before we came on the mics is another extremely male dominated industry. And she's just at the top of her game in both. And she's so personable and she has time for everyone. And she's just amazing. So it, it doesn't surprise me at all to see the direction that Melbourne have been able to take since her becoming president, because of course,
2: they've been able to come <laughs> around. I love her <laughs> absolutely, Kelly. How did you feel about this story? I, I think we, we spoke about it briefly, but I feel grateful for G More for bringing it up because I had no idea who they were mm. previous to our discussion earlier this week. And I think I feel grateful now that I know a bit more. I've never really been one to, you know, want to be well informed of the admin roles yeah. behind the scenes. Um, it's never just it's just never been my straightforward interest. So this is. Probably given me a bit of inspiration to probably learn a bit more about people in these kind of roles. But I think it's hectic. It's awesome what they're doing. And um, like you said, Jay, I completely agree with with what you're saying. You know, having that emotional side of, you know, and having females, like you said, going out to dinner, I think it's a really nice way that they can have a positive influence and impact on the AFL community. And I think it's reflected
0: in the success of the AFLW. I think that there is a really strong correlation between having. Females in those roles and progressing the level of, of women in sport.
2: I just think it's really cool how Kate is in, was involved with um, Western United, the A League club. Mm. Like that's kind of exciting. Yeah. The fact that she's connected to them, maybe she'll end up taking mm. up a role helping the Matildas in the female yeah. game. Just cool.
1: Yeah, for sure. I I just know through work and stuff the size of that project to get the Western United ground. Or stadium, I should say, yeah. off the ground has just been massive, and she's been such an instrumental part in that. And there are plans to use those facilities to further the women's game, and from a grassroots all the way up through to the Matildas. Like, I, she's just been such a, yeah, like I said, instrumental voice in that as well. And just for league lovers, AFL clubs work differently because they're publicly owned by the membership of the club, hence why they have presidents and boards and stuff like this so it is also such a um, big thing for memberships and the game that is so male dominated to have the voice of the membership be women at these key Mm. clubs it's not they also have CEOs um, but that president is sort of the more connecting factor between the fan and the football rather than the business side of the organizations as well. Also in in
0: researching this story and and reading more about specifically the Bulldogs because Keely and I have under your influence, jumped on the bandwagon and very happily so as already Bulldog supporters. I was reminded when we went to um, the AFLW game uh, that we, the three of us, where we actually met in real life for the first time at the beginning of this year, Georgia, which is weird to think about. So wild. um, We went to the AFLW and watched the Bulldogs play the Giants and um, we were in a a nice little area. It was for their Indigenous round and a woman came up and introduced herself um, and her name's... Belinda Duarte and she is the CEO of Culture Is Life, which is an Aboriginal um, organization that does a lot of um, has a lot of resources and does beautiful storytelling and things like that. So I was really familiar with Culture is Life and she uh, Belinda was quite familiar with Keely and I from some previous work that we've done. But I just remember her coming up to us and she had so much time for us and was talking to us for a, a little while. She's a very beautiful woman as well. I remember her face so clearly. And um, anyway, and I, I remember when she walked away, I don't know if it was UG or one of the other club people who kind of explained that she was on the board. Um, and then we were there talking about how many women were in the space, you know, who weren't just connected to AFLW, they were connected to the club in its entirety and I remember being quite blown away by that and also simultaneously disappointed that I was blown away by that. But, Mm. um, you know, I am happy to use that anecdote as part of the reason why we are Bulldog supporters as well (laughs) and the fact that they have 50% women on the board. I just think it's – what a great club.
2: We are Bulldog supporters
0: because we are Bulldog supporters. And also Caesar, the dog.
2: Yes. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. Don't even bring it up. I don't want to talk about it.
0: But, yeah, I think it's a great case study for the the positive benefits of, of having women at the top. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to see who comes out on top on Saturday.
1: I did see an awesome tweet that was like, if you have a female president, you have a 100% more chance of making the 2021 AFL Grand Finals.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: oh, that's so good. <laughs> The
0: AFL's Night of Nights, the Met Gala of the AFL, as I saw someone on TikTok refer to it. Um, That's a to, bit much, I know. But in terms of the fashion, this is important thing. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. The Brownlow Medal. This event was held in Perth, of course, like the Grand Final is being held this year, this past Sunday. And not only did the winner of the big one, Ollie Wines, create history by becoming the first Port Adelaide player to win the Brownlow, but the count ended with four players reaching the magical thirty vote. That's the first time in history more than two players in one count have done it. Now, we're going to throw to our AFL expert, Jean Moore. What were your thoughts on the night?
1: Um, look, not as seamless as I'm sure many people have experienced over the past two years. Any virtual event has been. Um, but no, it was really good. The red carpet coverage was disappointing. I've seen lots of photos that were great, but they only showed like seven people on the actual carpet. And that was due to, so the setup of it was quite complex. There were three rooms in Perth, Mm -hmm. the main room where the stage was, where Ollie Wines was and where there were 800 or so people. There were two break-off rooms where the dogs and the D's had to be because they cannot mingle. So they were in the same venue but different rooms. There was then a room in Brisbane, a room in A studio, a very awkward studio set up in (laughs) Melbourne (laughs) and then a whole bunch of people zoomed in for the occasion. So it was like, look, I think the AFL did a great job in making such a complex array of attendees um, run that smoothly. But the the Zoom moments were quite funny. (laughs) It was a lot.
0: Well, 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 well. I didn't watch the live event. I, I hate to break it to everyone, but I didn't. But the the thing that I love about the Brown and that I've always paid attention to is the fashion. Um, and the AFL WAG's just... Sorry, Anna Real wags, but they just do it better. Um, and I had to talk about some of my favourite fashion moments. I don't know if, if either of you had favourite fashion moments. Go on, Molly. We're, gonna, we're turning into a fashion podcast. Well, hey, we're allowed to talk. Hey, it's it's about the, we're a holistic podcast,
1: right? <laughs> we do all the elements of things. Um, Wasn't one of our first episodes about like the off-field branding of yes. the boys' fashion? And, massively. And them having da- um,
0: game day fits. Yeah. yeah. This is something that is, say, a through line. Okay. <laughs> um, so. I really liked the pictures of Carlton's Patrick Cripps helping his partner, Monique Fontana, with her really long train in her dress. There's like a video footage of him like straightening it out for photos. Love that kind of stuff. Gave me like um, Will and Jada Smith vibes oh, when yeah. he does, you know,
1: the yeah, big hands yeah, yeah. like that. I, I'm going to do it. I didn't love the dress. I didn't love the The moment dress. was sweet. Yes. Also, for context, listeners, Patty Cripps is like, I'd say, the Tommy Turbo of AFL. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, stunning. Everyone swoons over him too. We love Paddy Cripps. Okay, that's great. I didn't love the
0: dress either. That's not what I'm saying. I was saying it was a nice moment. Yeah, no, I agree. Bold moment from Georgia Mitchell, partner of Sam Collins. She wore this giant white dress that did have a bridal vibe to it and then was later confirmed as being a wedding dress from the designer. Interesting. Mm, Interesting dress. Not my choice. Not not a fan. Not a fan. But hey, more power to you. Not not a vibe. I have a very strong opinion about my best dress of the night. Go on. Very strong. All right. Her name is Tori Packer. She goes out with It's Jay Jeromeira. Jay, Jay plays for Hawthorne, am I correct? Yeah. Correct. Okay, cool. I was less concerned about him. Way more concerned with the incredible dress that she had on the dress was Tony Matachevsky, beautiful cutouts structured I was looking at more of the designers dresses it's very much this art as fashion kind of thing was all about it the shoes these beautiful like just simple white pointed um heels the necklace but I had one one issue G and I wonder if you have the same one hairdo what's doing it was very 2010 I just was like it's the perfect dress it is a perfect, beautiful, structured, like it's in, it's very trendy. I was all about it. And then just the hair, it hurt me on a personal level. But yeah, so obviously, this is the thing I cared about when it came to the brown <laughs> Can no, You know that's me a
1: fair? Photo? <laughs> My other best dressed of the night it was actually one of the hosts of the mm. red carpet in Perth. Uh, Channel 7's Amberly LeBeau, I think is how you pronounce her surname. She wore this like pink, chulled long gown it was like tutu material but long and stunning and it was just like bright pink it was so great she was one of the best dressed and she was a host and I loved that from her
0: I do love pink I love pink Mm. on a red carpet when done correctly yes I'm nodding in agreement (laughs) (laughs) okay so stepping away from the
1: pattern (laughs) what are some other parts of, of the footy aspect of it G? okay Obviously, I was heartbroken that Bont didn't win. Mm. And do you know what? I went into the night probably knowing that Ollie Wines would win. Mm-hmm. I think what broke me is that I didn't think Marcus would get as close as yeah. he did. And he led right up until the second last round. And I was like, I didn't think he was going to win. And then it got so close and then he didn't win. And I was really sad. But he's obviously still number one in my heart. But my real MVP of the night was the Brisbane Lions table. They were so pissed and playing the most... Obvious drinking games. Every time one of them got count votes. Um, Dane Zorko, specifically, who is their captain and who hosted the Brisbane event, like the red carpet hosting and stuff, was on one and it was phenomenal and it was just a table I wanted to be at you know when you go to an event and you're at a boring table and you can see people having fun at another table that was everyone looking at the lions and it was stunning (laughs) oh that is see, that's the table yeah that's what I want to be on that's a
2: team I want to be a part of yeah Mm. to be fair I'm probably the one instigating the drinking games
0: beautiful yeah
1: yeah. It was just phenomenal to watch. And a close runner up goes to Jack Rewalt, who was on one of the Zoom situations, and he was like slouched back in a couch drinking out of a mug. It definitely <laughs> wasn't tea, um, but he got a lot of airtime and it was quite funny. That's so good. Oh,
0: Beautiful. See, night of nights, and it just brings you some good stuff. On the flip side, of course, we have the Dallie which are the NRL equivalent of the Brownlow. Um, as we mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, we actually have our dad's. Dalliem fullback of the year uh, award that he won in 1993 when playing for the Roosters, unfortunately. Um, but he did win it. It's a very impressive thing. We have it sitting in front of us because they're, the thing we've got next, you know, it's important to have this inspiration. <laughs> um, but strangely this year, and I'm not – I don't understand I don't know why it's why. over two nights. It's over two it's nights. It's weird. The first night was this past Monday, the 20th of September – we saw a handful of awards given out on the first night of the Daly M's this year, one of them being the Ken Irvine medal, which is awarded to the top try scorer, and it was given to South Sydney's Alex Johnson for the second year in a row. Uh, top point scorer, which we knew a little while ago it was going to be, Manly's Reuben Garrick. Um, Tackle of the year was given to Xavier Coates of the Broncos for his unbelievable try saver on Dane Gagai in round 15. And try of the year was given to the Sea Eagles round 25 win over the Cowboys with the length of the field team try, finished by, of course, Tommy
1: Turbo. On that, did we all see the NRL roast post about it? Some poor punter lost 4K (laughs) on that try. And for those of you who haven't seen it, it was after the siren, correct? Yes. Dead ball line to try line, the most unexpected ever runaway try. And some punter thought he had the game in the bag. And they and were then all cheering. four k on this <laughs> ridiculous try, and Rose just posted being like, "Imagine being that guy and having to watch it get try of the year." Yes, oh, absolutely. I, I God, Uncle thought- Roachy pulls through with the goods.
2: Especially Is this, 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 this time of year. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, so the remaining of the awards will be presented on the 27th of September, those being the really big ones um, and, you know, the coach of the year and, and all the rest of it. And so the finalists were announced. Um, and rookie of the year. And rookie of the year, yep, and all of those ones. And that was all an announced, like it was kind of alluded to last night. Um, so I wanted to ask, of the remaining awards that will be presented on the 27th of September... Who have we got tip for the big one?
2: I've got both fullback and Dalliam of Player of the Year, Tommy Turbo. Both. Yep. Okay. Yep.
1: Coach of the Year. I think it's it's hard to disagree with that. To yeah. Be honest. I'll just jump in right now yeah. and say, if it's not Turbo, I think a lot of punters will be very sad. Yeah. And I can I just say this? I just think it's so well deserved. Like,
2: I know we carry on about him, and I know everyone loves him and stuff, but. Fire out. He deserves it. How can you not love him? That's what I mean. Like, there's nothing to hate about the guy. If you love love rugby league, you you love love Tommy Tommy Turbo. Turbo, That's it. He's
1: also very unoffensive, too. Yes.
2: Like, he's
0: kind
1: of like, yeah. And he's like,
0: he he got like a crazy ATAR. Yeah, he's intelligent. He's just cool. Because I hate Manly.
1: Yes. Hate them. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I
0: can't hate him. No. Yeah. Mm. I completely agree with this. Yeah. I will say this is the one thing because I knew we'd all say Tommy Turbo. I think, though, last year Nathan Cleary was robbed. Oh, great. Massively. Yeah. Right? He was set up. There was a lot of Jack pressure. Jack White got it. Jack White got it. Um, I feel like it was, it was, there was so much pressure and hype around this and then it was awful for him as a, like a young man to have yeah. kind of the weight of the grand final falling on him and all this kind of stuff. Um, so I felt really bad for Kleza last year, but it also makes me frightened because we were so certain that he was going to get it last year. No, nah, I'm even more certain. You reckon? hundred percent. I don't think anyone's... No, one, I, I, no one's yeah, even I come, come close, close to him.
2: I don't think at all. Okay. I'm just saying. And like I, I still, like I know that the points work differently and, you know, it's game by game and stuff. But I just
1: don't see anyone
2: being above him. Yeah. Not no one has finished the
1: season as strongly either. Yeah.
2: yeah it's like been the point where so the count consistent. is at now,
1: he has had the strongest end to the season yeah. after his injuries and everything. I don't think anyone's come that close in the back end.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, no, because hey, the back end's always when things change. Yeah. You come to the back end, everyone's like, ooh, this works. I'm I just comforted wanted-
0: by this, can I say? I'm comforted by that opinion because I don't want him to not get it because he deserves it. No, nah, so he'll much. get
1: it. I want to say that if Pappy didn't miss so many weeks, yeah, be yeah way yeah. higher up the 100%, year, yeah, absolutely, yeah, which is not sad. saying he would have beat him. Just saying, sad. Yes. So the
0: other big one is, of course, Coach of the Year, and whatever our thoughts and feelings around this. I mean, I know, G, we're pulling that face. Bells are hard to look past. I do have, I do want to give like a really honourable mention to Robbo, though. Yeah, because I think that the what pla- the Roosters yeah. have gone through this year, the depth and the leadership that's been needed by him to even you know, give them a chance, the eight,
2: yeah. you know, and to get as far along yeah, as no, they I did. agree with you. I think that, and I think that, I, I don't know who runs the bloody Dally picks the winners, but I think they would take that into consideration.
0: Sorry, forgive my ignorance, but isn't, isn't there a group of people who give points every week? That's the way it works.
2: For the actual like player Dally, of the year. No, for the Dally Ams. For all
0: of them. For awards. all of them. All the awards, the points in that. Because. For every single award. I don't know, but I, I just remember when Ruan Sims got in trouble because she gave points to her brother.
1: I wouldn't have a clue, and she didn't watch the game. I think for the Dalliem, the Dalliem is the point system. No, that's yeah, the but system. that's the weekly for one. The rest of the awards, I think, there's like a, a committee that yeah. just like gather and okay, decide. So that's what I thought. I wonder. just couldn't.
0: I, I didn't know because the only Blakey, thing I knew about it yeah about the point system was when Marwan Sims got in trouble. No, I think the, the point system is just the Dalliem. It's like a okay. 3-2-1. Okay, that's cool. There has been some criticism of the nominees that we saw particularly in someone like Cameron Munster coming out and, and talking about. That's big about, from him. Yeah.
2: Um, massive. Yeah.
1: Massive Someone who him. doesn't
2: usually speak out and be
1: and like any, any form of seriousness. And yeah. controversial
0: yeah. <laughs> behaviour. Um, so yeah, if you hadn't seen, he put on his Instagram story uh, a bit of a you Know what's going on here, the fact that Justin Ollum was not considered in the top centers of the year, which I agree, I agree, yeah, I agree. How How is he not? So, it, there is, um, I guess a little bit of scrutiny coming up, uh, across the way that these awards are, are picked. So, you know, it's um, it's not a foolproof system, I don't think. Yeah,
1: mm. look, let's you know, just system hope. Is, do you know what, a friend, and because a lot of people are saying the NRL needs to move to the AFL structure where there's a there's a 3-2-1 system every round blah blah blah, every game every round um and i agree but then also my friend and i were as we we're watching the Brownlow, low we're talking about the stuff that the 3-2-1 system doesn't take into account mm. like obviously i'm going to say that i'm biased but we were talking about the impact on a game and on a team that marcus has versus ollie wines ollie wines is a terrific player do not mm. mince my words here however Port have had a a season full of terrific player individual performances. Mm, mm. So I wouldn't say that he's a game-changing player. I just think he's very strong. He gets the job done and he Mm. always has a high disposal count, whereas someone like Marcus comes onto the field and changes the momentum of the game. Mm. So I just think there's always going to be things in any sort of point system that don't take in the holistic view of a player.
0: Yeah, it's I, I don't even know how
1: you'd get around that. Yeah,
0: like mm. it, it's it's valuing like which is a better uh, way to measure the Like, how do you measure and this? It's, yeah, because staff so don't subjective. tell the full no, story, but yeah. then
1: also emotion is too messy. So, like, mm. what do you? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a it's an important
0: question to pose. But we'll, I guess we'll all see next Monday yeah, who's going to get the top one. Come on, Tommy,
2: it could be some angry people next Tuesday. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Imagine
2: <laughs> the Dalium. Who's Brownlow, what? Us at
0: Chicks and Balls know the real sporting night of nights are the Nutties. Not your typical yearly sports awards, where your favorite stars go head to head in the categories you really care about. Forget the best tackle or mark of the year, we're here to reward the best Insta posts. Who cares about captain or coach of the year? What about the best off-field antics, the best haircuts, best scare cams and killer social media feeds? We've got it all. And we couldn't <laughs> be more excited to be bringing you this historical, inaugural Chicks and Balls Awards Night. It's also been a historical season in both the AFL and NRL thanks to COVID once again, with lots of shuffling around, of isolation bubbles and interstate relocations, but the quality of the nominees in tonight's categories are as strong as ever. Some of the stiffest competition we've ever seen.
2: Now, I think it's important that I just give a quick rundown of the trophy itself. Um, After... Lots of discussion with me, myself and I. Um, the trophy will be, i got to paint the picture. Uh, it's a its a statue of a person on your little trophy thing. Um, and they've got both hands up and it looks like a bit of a Y. Both hands up and they're holding two balls either side. Um, two balls, two different codes. Balls. That's all. <laughs> paint
1: that picture in your head. Is it, it a, a chick it, yeah. holding balls? Because then I feel like it's chicks and balls. Yeah, it's
0: slightly, slightly a phallic symbol. Yeah, a little bit. That's what we're getting. (laughs) That's what we're getting at. (laughs) We are not a family-friendly awards night, and I'll tell you that now.
2: Um, Well, hey, everything's in good fun tonight. Absolutely, Um, and all these awards are things that we genuinely think are commendable. Absolutely. How do we feel to be at the Nutty's Girls? I feel great. I'm already three drinks down. Yep. Only three because I don't want to get too crazy before I have to present. After I present, I'm going to have three shots. So I'm feeling hectic. And who are you wearing tonight? Marley Silver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I not know what to say then. Ma- Marley, um, is- Marley gave me a blazer and a tie.
0: There you go. <laughs> Um, I'm also wearing the wardrobe of Marley Silver with a tie. G-Moore, who are you wearing? All the way down in Melbourne, I'm Melbourne correspondent.
1: I'm the awkward, like, as touched on about the brown lows before, I'm the awkward, like, Zoom attendee tonight, and um, I am wearing the one, the only, YKTR.
2: Beautiful. Amazing.
1: Very
0: fitting, perfect for this event. And it's now time to get into our first award. <laughs> One of the things that really sets both the NRL and AFL footy codes apart from the rest of our games in our great sporting nation is the ability of those involved to create headlines and give us incredible stories from their off-field extracurricular activities. Sometimes causing outrage, other times causing disgust, or just giving us a couple of great laughs. We're all... About the scandal And it's in the spirit of this drama That we award our first Nutty tonight For the best off-field antic of 2021 The nominees are Tommy Turbo racing in the Manly Mall Ooh Ooh. Lachlan Lewis selling the JBL (laughs) Team Speaker for the Bulldogs on eBay Our second Bulldog on the list, Adam Elliott and Millie Boyle getting caught, making out in the bathroom of a Gold Coast restaurant. Highly commendable. Highly commendable, especially Millie Boyle, a true pioneer of women's (laughs) sport. A late entry into this category, Jordan Rickey (laughs) getting into punch-ons on his Mad Monday with the Brisbane Broadcast with a teammate.
1: Shout out, Tommy me
2: it's They're actually mates, it's all right.
0: <laughs> in the AFL now, Tom Hawkins, his beef with his own daughter over her obsession with her Bont doll.
2: <laughs> Sorry, that's a good one.
0: A very on COVID theme entry. The Marshmallow Gate, causing all NRL and AFL personnel in hotel quarantine to lose their balcony privileges. And the final entry into this category is, of course, when Eddie Maguire was denied an entry into Perth for the AFL final series. Personal favourite of mine.
2: Can we have a quick, like, side commentary? Go on, then. Who do we like? Who we, who we think's going to win before the winner gets announced?
0: I'm proud of the Bulldogs for having two entries. Same. Yeah. I feel proud to be a Bulldog. But this is our, that's our legacy. Yeah, true. Scandal, headlines. Yeah, we love it. Drama. Yeah.
1: My personal favourite is the AFL just declining Eddie McGuire entry Absolutely. into Perth, mainly because he was allowed into Brisbane last year when I wasn't. So whatever,
0: <laughs> and also like couldn't happen to a nicer guy.
1: He <laughs> can't stand him
0: anyway. And the winner is drum roll please! <laughs> it's Tommy Turbo racing in the Manly Mall after a big night. He's just a man of the people. He is well he's, done. He's, he's the people's people. He's the people's people.
2: Yeah. Tommy, what can't you win? Tommy will now come up to accept his award. <laughs> Luscious locks, marvellous mullets, and daring home dye jobs. One of the most noticeable and joyous trends across footy over the last couple of years has been the rebirth of the horrendous hairdo. We're finding players are trying to outdo each other when it comes to what they're doing with their hair, with some, including some of our nominees, claiming it's superstition that's preventing them from changing the look or getting a cut. And the nominees for Best Do of 2021 are... Ryan Pappenhausen, Bailey Smith,
1: Dylan Brown,
2: Nat Fife.
1: Nat Fife can scram. The Brownlow look, wow. It was just... Isn't that his fall from grace? What a beautiful man, ruining his head.
2: (laughs) Wow. Well... Seeing as G-Moore just said, Nat 5 can scram. I'll have to give special mentions to Dylan Dilbags-Brown for dyeing his hair. For charity. And as he told me, he got it redone. Ash grey. Nice. Yep. Um, Beautiful. Bailey Bazlanka-Smith for the most beautiful mullet. Um, On the most beautiful face. Yes.
1: I think we can agree that probably also the most talked about mullet. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Mm -hmm. But... The winner of the best
2: hairdo of 2021 is Ryan Pappy Pappenhausen. Snackenhausen. Yeah. Snackenhausen. Just massive props. It's... Um, How much more aerodynamics? So much. So much. Did he yeah. say 20%? Somewhere. Like 20
0: more aerodynamics. Yeah.
2: We're about it. We love it. And now we're on to the next award. It's not all just big hits and killer tries or goals when you have a footy career in this country. Another big component of your job in this world is managing the media. That bloody media. One line on a podcast can blow up into a headline all over the place. A rumour can be claimed as a fact by certain journos or footy voices. And the whole machine can be your worst enemy or your best friend. So the Media Miyagi Award is given to the person who handles the media the best. If you don't know who Mr. Miyagi is, put a mirror at the end of your bed and wake up to yourself. The nominees are... Brandon, the Hectic smith. Cooper, Kootmar Johns. Sticky, Ricky Stewart. Alana, Fergo, Ferguson. Now this, purely because I thought of the name, I thought it was a really good award.
0: (laughs) Well, I think, um, you know, I really like the inclusion of Ricky Stewart because of his relentless not caring of getting fines in a post-game press conference.
1: Yeah, Evidently very deep pockets, old yeah. Sticky Ricky. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah exactly. Because um, nil qualms when yeah. it comes to the fines. Um, special mention to Fergo yep. for her wonderful um, speech in regards to NRLW being postponed. Yep. And I also have to give special mentions to Koopmar as um, if you haven't heard, he's little pranks on Kyle and Jackie O's show. Yep. Um, highly commendable. Yep. Um, plus his media is pretty good all around. Yeah, we'll give, it to, him. On we'll give it to him. Yeah. But the winner of the 2021 Media Miyagi Award is the cheese.
0: Has to be the cheese. Has to. Have to. Ah,
2: ah, and the Grab ah. wow. Ah.
0: Um, and accepting uh, his award uh, while he is unavailable, we have the, Luna, the, the, cat. Ste- the
2: stepmother of his cat, G <laughs> Moore.
0: Uh, Foster mum, I shouldn't say.
2: Luna! G Moore, can you actually quote one of um, Brandon's. Actually, two of them. Can you please quickly two of them. give us a rundown of the shower incident that he spoke about on TV? Um, and then also the coaching
1: one. Um, the shower incident. For those of you who don't know, have the privilege of knowing him personally, Branton is a very sleepy guy. A bit like a koala. Oh. <laughs> and one morning he, in his sleepy state, walked square into the shower screen and shattered it at Novatel Noosa. So sorry about that. Novatel. Um, I'm sure they sent Craig the bill. And the second one... He shared that after the game that night. He did share that after On the TV game. On TV He had, did he have a black eye? Yeah. yeah. And he got hit in the gonads and he just said it had been a big day. Yeah. For yeah. Poor cheese. Uh, my personal favourite of the year, though, is his um, plea for prayers from the community uh, when walking into a Belzer spitstorm mm. after an appalling game against Parramatta. Mm. Pray for our souls, I believe, with his specific words.
0: Yep. A true... Mr. Miyagi of media. Yeah.
1: Over to you, G. Moore. Down to our Melbourne correspondent, Georgia Moore. In the age of social media, we the fans feel like we know the athletes on a more personal level. We get to see their everyday lives, the things away from footy that they love, their pets, their coffee spots, their best scare cams, and even their side hustles. But it's only the best users of Instagram, the influencers, if you will, who are acknowledged in this category of the gram guru. In 2021, your nominees are Kaylin KP Ponga, Brian Litbite To'o, Kennedy The Goat Sherrington, Baz Bailey Smith Lanka, <laughs> 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 and I don't really want to say he's a nominee, but a special mention (laughs) goes to Dustin Dusty Martin for having the most followers of any AFL player but posting only sponsored content and giving absolutely zero insight into his personal life to his (laughs) followers. Thoughts?
0: Yeah, I think... um, Depends what you're going for here. Yes, and I think that it's almost an insult to Connor Watson not to include him with Kaylin. I think that when I think of Kaylin and the... The star moments of the socials. Like, yes, he's a good photographer and all that kind of stuff, but I, th- I feel like the 257 element in 2021 would have been stronger as an entry. You
1: know yeah. what I'm saying? I think if I can just piggyback off of that point, Marley, <laughs> I think that special mention also needs to go to the very uh, emotional creators on TikTok who are making all of the montages of the two of yes. them to the uh, Fast and Furious Paul Walker Vindication. Yes. Drink. Yes. <laughs> It's really sad, actually.
2: If you get, it is very if you get sad. St- if you get stuck into the rabbit hole, you, you feel a bit. You are worried. No, you are actually worried about these people.
0: Yeah, it's really worrying. Yeah, they do take it quite personally. Yeah. But hey, back to the social media stuff. And and you know, if we did include the social media that's surrounded by the nominee, then maybe it would be a stronger entry as well. I just think mm. KP of twenty twenty one as an individual is not as strong of, as KPs of the past.
2: And I just want to mention as well. Um, Being a scare fanatic myself, Mm. Mm. um, I know it's not a main focus. Potentially a a new award for us next time. Um, But I would have liked to see some of the scare cams involved in these nominees. Mm. Um, Josh Schuster's had some good ones from Manly. We've also seen Harry Grant as an individual be scared multiple times by multiple Mm. boys. Mm. Um, And I mean, Rosie's all over it. When there's a good one, it's on there. But I just, you know, yep. being a prankster myself, I just would have liked to see seen a bit more of that. Beauty.
1: Special mention also goes to Lankar. This is his second nomination of the <laughs> night. Um, unfortunately, he didn't win this one either, as our winner is Kennedy the Goat Sharing yeah. yeah. Now,
2: if you don't follow Kennedy, um, you... First of all, do, do it. Do it. Yeah, first of all, follow her. Second of all, she's hilarious. She's got TikTok. She sings just to the camera for fun. Yeah. Um, She speaks out. She's just a ledge. She's been unreal with
0: the whole NRLW stuff. I am... I'm all about it. Go Kennedy.
1: Every Luke Skywalker has a Darth Vader. Every Scissors has a rock and every rock has a paper. Villains are a part of life and our footy seasons have not been immune to the dark side this year. Whether it was border closures or the new rules, they've been tested. But there can only be one villain of the year and the nominees are... Mark McGowan and the WA border closures. The handling of the postponement of the NRLW season. Magic round crackdown on high tackles. Josh Bruce's ACL injury. And COVID-19.
0: Big, big categories. Um, I mean, big nominees in this category. Yeah. I think, you know, we have to think about what the criteria is here, measurement, How well, how wide is the impact of each villain. Who is the true Darth Vader looking to overthrow the Republic?
2: Using the Force. Using the Force. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is that too many references? I
0: I don't don't think there
1: is. Georgios hates us right now. It's fun. Anyway. Whatever. I want to make it very clear that I'm not a Star Wars fan. I will say that on what Marley just said, uh, I want to give a special mention to Josh Bruce's ACL because I know it isn't wide Impacting, mm. However, it is deeply emotional for those invested in the ACL of Josh Bruce. Yes. So uh, we can probably rule that one out due to the uh, acuteness of its impact. Mm. However, emotionally distressing nonetheless.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I also think that um, people outside of footy, people who don't care about football at all, feel... Um, quite impacted by Mark McGowan and the WA border closure too. I have to say. I yeah, have to say, That's a big one. It's a
1: big one. It's going to be hard to B- be back. And the winner is COVID-19. Oh, that Boo. bastard. Boo. 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 We hate you. Which I feel like Mark McGowan can take uh, solace in the fact that he, he runs hand in hand with the virus. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now the moment
0: you've all been waiting for is finally here. The penultimate nutty, the top dog of these awards, it's the Chicks Champion. This is awarded to the person who all around has brought us the most joy on and off the field. The person whose combination of sporting prowess, funny off-field moments and social media content has put them at the top of our list for favourite player of the year. It is an honour to even be considered in this category It's been neck and neck on who will come out on top. And the nominees are Brett and Josh Morris, Christian Welch, and The
2: Bont. Very tough category, girls. Yeah, look, four of the best. Mm. Um, This one's really stumped me. I can't go without saying that my vote are the Morris Brothers mm. it is, they're just they're true champions of the game they're great people, they've mm. definitely hit my heartstrings um, this year, both of them on mm. separate occasions um, I mean, we love Welchie he's good, yeah. he's so good and the Bond. Yeah. I, um, I mean, G Moore only showed us the other day, but he wrote a children's book what a wholesome guy, so
0: wholesome I just think if you're in this nominees list, you're a winner.
2: Molly. that's like giving everyone a participation award and being like... No, but hey, you hey, there is you're obviously a winner. a winner. No, yeah, there is obviously a winner. No, I agree, though. They're all great. Yep.
1: Do you yeah, want- hard for me to uh, take my uh, personal investment out of this one, I must say. However, I think three, well, four very strong competitors for all very different reasons, mm-hmm. we must say. I think the nostalgia of the Morris Brothers, the political nature of Christian Welch and just the icon status of the Bont all hitting very different marks. Beautiful description. Um, I will say that Bont is most recent to make me cry. While all of the above have made me cry this season, Bont was just last night releasing his children's book. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. Splitting, splitting, Splitting hairs for me, this one.
0: Mm. Well, luckily the decision has already been made. And the winner of the Chicks Champion 2021 is Marcus the Bont Bont Bontempelli. Very well-deserved win. I think he's been an, as you said, an icon G, um, a wholesome leader, important leading in to this weekend's AFL Grand
1: Final. Couldn't agree more. Good one. Bring back the hair, Marcus. (laughs) Grow it back, son. And this brings us to the end of the
0: inaugural Nutties. Girls, well done. Pat yourselves on the back. g Moore, congratulations, your first Nutties. How are you feeling? Who who are
1: you hitting up for the after party? Oh, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, Look, I'm going to have to put a pin in my after party plans until we get through this Saturday, and I feel like I'll be able to relax into it a bit more. And drink with Um, the bond. And drink with the bond, hopefully celebratory, not commiseration. Um, no, I just really felt quite honoured to be a part of the night. So uh, thank you for having me. Thank
2: you. Mate, you're part of the bloody host. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm like 10 drinks in now, so I'm having a great time. You, you. I'm what just getting to the after party. All right, round this shit up. Let's go. Let's go. You the real MVP.
0: Now we come to a segment that we call MVPs, where each week we award someone or something our own personal MVP title for something that they've done that's brought us a bit of joy. Keely Silver, kick us off. I think it's a beautiful MVP to go off the back of the chicks champion in the amazing, iconic, now
2: history-making nutties. Okay, well I've got two. Gone then. Oh, technically 3. Um I had first of all the Morris brothers as a duo um just after Josh Morris's last game on the weekend very emotional um and his speech that Roasty shared from the Roosters awards night. My exciting MVP um, is on the back of my personal research into the NFL world, mm. and that I'm doing more, and that I'm here to teach you guys. Mm. And because we're all here to learn, mm. aren't we? Mm. DJ Graham, his cornerback from uh, for the Oklahoma Schooners in the college football world, um, he made this insane intercept um, with like one hand, reached up, grabbed it. I will share it after our episode is released on Thursday uh, so that everyone can have a geese, but it is insane. And um, they're saying, like there's lots of articles and stuff about him, that he may have just made himself an NFL career in a moment of brilliance that dropped jaws across the US. Um, So, yeah, it's pretty cool and maybe a name to listen out for in the future. Thank you for that NFL education. G Moore, who is your MVP?
1: Um, I have an honorable mention and I'm sure Keely and, and Molly will agree, a quick MVP shout out to friend of the show, Cammy Dev, who made his Oh yeah debut in the UK over the weekend. Huge. Massive Huge. massive and he just played great and uh, and we all stayed up I, until the wee hours of the morning to watch.
2: You know, we'll it's funny. Him. I actually like had wrote him down as my MVP and then I was like,
1: um, he's been my MVP like three times now. So I think I'm like, it's overdone. So I'll, I'll take one for the team. I'm like, it's overdone. Uh, my other MVP though, and he he did get a brief mention in, in the nutties, is Joshua Bruce from the Western Bulldogs. Josh was having the season of his life when he unfortunately did his ACL earlier in the year, um, which is making him the only member of the Western Bulldogs squad not in Perth at the moment. So he is stuck at home while the boys have been celebrating. He's in lockdown in Melbourne, but... To keep himself busy, he has gone in and been working with the merchandise team at the Bulldogs headquarters, sending out all their packing and sending all their online orders, which have they've obviously had a huge influx of this week for the grand finals. So making sure the members, you know, get a bit of extra love and player specialty in their grand final orders. So bless Josh. So lovely. Um, my MVP
0: is a bit of a random one that I was reading this week and I thought was kind of funny. Um, so you may be familiar with boxing legend Manny Pacquiao. What you might not know about him, though, is that he's actually a senator in his home country of the Philippines already. And who would have thought that boxer turned politician is a thing because now he's actually gunning for president in the Philippines in their 2022 election. I just think it's hilarious. Can you imagine? And just like, I mean, uh, the first box, Aussie boxer that came to mind for me was Anthony Mundine, and you certainly don't want him as a politician. But um, I just think it's, you know, you, you see athletes and and high-profile people kind of transition into politics. A lot of the time it doesn't work out very well. Um, Caitlyn Jenner comes to mind. Um, But this could be... Glenn Lazarus. Yeah, it it could be a a good thing. He is running on an anti-corruption campaign because the current government that's in, he's saying is very corrupt and is like part of this kind of big destruction of, of our Philippine community. So, hey, maybe he will be a world champion in the politics realm (laughs) thought it was super random but interesting i rate it now we come to our final segment of the show which is our ones to watch where we recommend what sport event or even a netflix show you should be watching out for for the week ahead g Moore, let's start with you what do you got for us
1: I have recommended this once before, but Dill and Friends have done a really good grand final preview episode with Michael Barlow, Tommy Sheridan and the legend that is Tony Armstrong. Um, Also a great episode with Cody Waitman from The Dogs, who I'm a big fan of, so biased. But um, anyone who's maybe not quite across the AFL but planning on watching this weekend, it's a really good insight into all things grand final week. So that's my reco. Get around it in preparation for Saturday. Isn't Tony Armstrong just having a moment? He is having the moment of his life. It is amazing. And I love it. And like now,
0: now my TikTok page is full of like thirst traps for Tony Armstrong. It's like, (laughs) did you see someone made a fake OnlyFans? Yes. And I saw a girl being like, I watch ABC Breakfast because I care about the news. And that it was just like a video of Tony Armstrong. Anyway, love that for him. What a guy. Um, my one to watch is actually some sport for once. You know, I feel like a lot of the time we don't end up actually recommending watching sporting things. But like, no, you definitely. don't. Well, sorry. Speaking about myself. Anyway, I do have some sport to recommend because today, which is Tuesday, um, our Australian women's cricket team has started the first of seven matches they will play against India in Queensland so this week there are three um one days. the first is Tuesday then there'll also be one on Friday and Saturday they're all being played in Mackay so if you're into your cricket um the summer of cricket is starting very early so get around it and actually uh, in news that has broken you know a mere few hours ago 19 year old Hannah Darlington will be c- Will become the third ever Aboriginal woman to represent Australia in cricket. She's only nineteen years old. Um, Ash Gardner was the second ever to do it. Uh, she, yeah, and before Ash, it had been like a fifty-two year gap between, before the first one between That's the first one and her. So it's very, very exciting. She's a young Camilleri woman. A lot a um, woman. Super, super awesome history-making stuff. How good is cricket? We love cricket. Keely Sewell.
2: I don't like cricket. cricket. Oh, I no. love it. No, i oh, sorry. I love it. Honestly, Molly, <laughs> you actually embarrass me. <laughs> oh. So, my one to watch is a show on channel seven. It's SAS.
0: I can't believe how much I love this.
2: Get around it, man. It is so good. It's so intense. You get so emotionally invested. And I just think, yeah, it's really cool because you can also just like. Be like, yeah, I'd do that. No, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. yeah, I'd be fine in that situation. And you can be heaps quietly confident from your lounge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's great. I love it. So many emotions happen when you watch that show because it's like fear, awe, and like sadness with like interv- like interventions. Jess Paris's interview. Oh, she's well, oh, amazing.
0: Like I said, I'm such a massive fan of her mum, Nova, but her chat and like the pre- oh, I cried my eyes out. Just just straight up pulled my eyes out. Thought it was amazing. Also, very sad. Someone that we are a massive fan of. I know. Of. Pete Murray dislocated his shoulder.
2: And yeah, had Gutted. to leave. How Gutted. sad is that? Gutted. I reckon he could have done pretty well. Come on. Oh, Is that Pete Murray? Yeah, look, we love him. Um, and just a quick shout out, just something that everyone should reflect on as this is being played tomorrow on Wednesday. So we'll be, this isn't a one to watch, this is a one to reflect, reflect on. <laughs> um, Sam Kerr plays 100th game for Shire. <gasps> She's also three goals off Tim Cahill's record of the most goals by any Australian player. Um, she'll beat it and could be the best ever goal scorer. So let's keep an eye out. We know what she's capable of. Let's see go. what Sam, Sam can do.
0: Um, and the last thing that uh, we as a, group, as a collective, As a collective, we would like to recommend that next Monday our interview with Isaac John, a.k.a. Ice co-founder of YKTR. It was just G and I who had that conversation because Keely had to work, but it's a really interesting chat. Yeah, I haven't even had a chance to listen to yeah, it. Yeah. It's it's pretty
2: good. I would say it's pretty good, G. Would you agree?
0: Yeah. Turn our one horn for a quick second. Yeah. I mean he said it was some
2: of the best questions. I'll ever. let you guys enough, I'll so. let you guys know what I think in my feedback on Tuesday after I listen to it.
0: So keep an ear out, eye out for that. Um Otherwise, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you hit that subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you're really into it. If you're listening on Spotify, hit that follow button and check out our official Chicks and Balls Pump Up and Country Music playlist. Follow us on Instagram at Chicks and Balls Pod, on TikTok at Chicks and Balls Pod, and on Twitter at Chicks and Balls No Pod. Have a great week, our DMs are always open. We love the feedback, and other than that, we'll catch you
1: next time.
2: See you, my dudes. Bye.